thank you for downloading the podcast. We pray the Word of God will richly bless you today. Now let's get right into the Word with Pastor Rusty Martin. Praise the Lord. In your Bibles, if you'll go back to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 this evening. Now, let me just make a couple of statements here as we pick up on our teaching on faith. There is no and has not ever been what many describe as the faith movement. Uh, if you get on uh, the internet and type in the faith movement, then you'll pull up a bunch of stuff that has to do with uh, certain preachers and certain ministers and uh, a declaration of a beginning and the end of a certain, quote, movement. Uh, there is no faith movement. There never was a faith movement. There is the Word of God that produces faith. Amen. A movement being categorized as something that God does sovereignly, uh, a spiritual awakening, a restoration, or whatever you may want to call it. But no matter what God desires to do in the earth, men have to have faith to believe God for it or God can't do it. Are you with me? Now, with that in mind, let's, let's, let's think just for a moment. The greatest opposition to what we would call individuals, Christians, believers, children of God, born-again people, believing God for whatever they desire, what they see in the Word of God, maybe uh, health in their body, uh, uh, we just received the offering, prosperity, uh, business, family, whatever it is, the great opposition in Christianity to you doing something such as believing God for something, amen, gets caught up in the religious, how can I say this, the religious aspect, theology, all of these angles in which people try to cut the Word of God off of in that anything you might do to try to get God to do something for you is greed. Manipulation. How do you think you are trying to get God to do something for you? Uh, the idea of somebody initiating something, saying, well, you know, I think I'm going to believe God for a, for a home or for a car or for something in my business or, or for something in my marriage, my family, something for my children, tuition for my school, uh, anything like that. Well, that's, well, 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 how do you know that God wants you to have that? So they've got all of this um, how can I say it? Because yeah, there's really no kind way to say it. <laughs> uh, they've got all of this uh, theology, which is basically nothing but a bunch of bunk, because it has no basis in the Word of God, that tries to put guilt and condemnation on anybody for trying to step outside the boundaries of their, quote, theology or religion and actually initiate something and receive from God, which is actually pretty crazy. Because when you just sit down and read the Word and take it at face value, anybody that ever got anything from God did it because they desired to have it. Amen? I mean, you take the woman with the issue of blood, she desired to be healed. Or you take Bly and Bartimaeus, he desired to be healed. He could have sat there all day long and thought, well, you know, I'd cry out, but I realize I'm having a hard time figuring out whether God wants me to be healed or not. Well, he could care less what God thought. He wanted to be healed. Amen? And if God has made provision for us, and included in that the dimension of his sovereignty being part of that, 
then we understand by faith we tap into that provision. Then listen, we better develop our faith and walk in that faith if we're going to receive anything from God. Now let me just say this. It is a unique thing uh, in America. It's gone on now for maybe, maybe 50, 60 years that churches like this would rise up. There's always great opposition to churches that are not affiliated with a corporate denomination. Uh, one reason is, is because people, they have a hard time trying to figure out who are they, where they come from, what, what do they believe. You know, really, who, who, who are those people? Uh, where do they come from? We've never heard of a denomination called Island Church. We've never heard of, you know, there's no Island Church uh, theological seminary somewhere that people go to. And, 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 you know, where do those people come from? What do they believe? So you have all this cultic, cultic connotation that seems to swirl. You know, Jim Jones, and, you know, are they going to end up all drinking Kool-Aid? And we drive up one day and find them all dead, you know. And, you know, all that kind of, you, you, Now, you may laugh at that kind of stuff, but the enemy knows just how to manipulate the minds of people in order to keep them out of the provision of God. Listen, this is the last place in Galveston that the devil wants anybody to come. Let me say that again. This is the last place in Galveston that the devil wants anybody to come. Because what we're going to do is we're going to teach them the devil's defeated and Jesus is Lord. Then we're going to teach them how to get the Word of God in their heart and in their mouth so they can get from God what God has already given to them. And they, you know, they, they can cry and bemoan and say, well, well, well my big problem is, 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 well, what if God doesn't want me to have that? Well, then we have to teach them what God does want them to have. And in reality, you can go to one scripture over in 1 Peter and see where it's God's will that we have all things that pertain unto life. Everybody say life. And godliness. Everybody say godliness. Now, that word life is the word zoe. That's not human life, but the kind of life God himself enjoys. A life free from pain. A life free from want. A life free from harm and hurt. A life free from uh, a depression, from addiction, from all the things you can come up with that are negatives in this earth. God wants you free from that. And the Word of God from cover to cover is full of revelation that shows us that's exactly what God wants, but you're going to have to do something about it. Now that's the part that religion has used to manipulate the masses with the most. Well, if God wanted you to have it, He'd just give it to you. You wouldn't have to believe God. You wouldn't have to trust God. If He wants you... I've heard people say that about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Well, if God wants me to have the Holy Ghost, He can just let me speak in tongues anytime He wants to. Other than that, I'm not going to receive that. Well, that's crazy. Salvation's the same way. Amen? I was listening today, some teaching on the radio, and the, the man that was teaching on the... Uh, excuse me, I was listening to a... To a, to a, a, a uh, a CD, but he was talking about a man he heard on the radio and talking about how uh, just belittling the new birth, this new birth stuff. Now, come on. Now, you, you may hear, you don't hear any belittling of that because without that, you die and go to hell. But now you go to most churches on Sunday morning in this area. Most, many churches that put a cross put on their steeple uh, that, that'll have, and they'll say things like, well, you know, uh, that new birth is kind of a, it's kind of a gray area. But really, come on now, now, if you're a good person, now God's not going to deny any good person access to heaven. Come on. Come on now. God's not going to deny. He's not going to deny any good person access to heaven. Well, that's, that's too bad because the Bible says in Mark chapter 16 to preach the gospel to all the world and those that believe will be saved and those that won't be what? They'll be damned. I mean, that's, that's just the way it is. 
And no matter how theological you try to get, no matter how philosophical you try to get, or how involved in, in feel-good theology you want to get, it still does not matter. The Word of Let all men be liars and let the Word of God be true. So it behooves us to live and to believe according to the standard of the Word of God and learn to weather the pressure. Because as churches like this grow, that pressure increases. Criticism increases. Uh, man, you start talking about signs and wonders and miracles and the power of God and God desires to heal you and God desires to bless you. I guarantee you, the devil, that is such a threat to the kingdom of darkness, he'll do everything he can do to shut that voice down. But the good news is he has no power over those that understand the redemptive reality of Jesus being Lord and the devil being defeated. So by faith, everybody say by faith. So by faith we live. By faith we're healed. By faith we're saved. By faith we're baptized in the Holy Ghost. By faith we praise and worship God. By faith we teach the word. By faith we go to the jails and the streets. By faith we send our kids to camp. By faith they come back. By faith we go on missions trips. By faith we build the church. We possess land and buildings. We do it all by faith because faith pleases God. And faith accesses the provision of God already supplied for us. We're not trying to talk God into anything. God has already laid up a treasure, a treasure trove of blessings so that whosoever will walk by faith can have what he desires in his heart. Now that messes with people's minds. But the good news is this isn't a mind book. This is a spirit book. So let's kind of pick it up where we were last week. Oh, i got plenty. got 21 minutes. Now notice here. It says, but what saith thee? In verse 8, what saith thee? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Everybody say, the word of faith. Now, that shows you right there the word of faith is not a movement. What is the word of faith, pastor? That's what we preach. So if anybody ever asks you, what does your, your preacher preach over there at, uh, at Island Church? Just tell them, the word of faith. He teaches the word of faith. And they say, well, what does that mean? He teaches and preaches messages that are conducive to causing faith to come in the hearts of those that are listening here. That's what we do. What, what good would it do to preach anything else? To teach doubt and unbelief? Fear and loathing? Philosophy and psychology? Can't even spell that. <laughs> Amen? That ain't going to do you any good. You need faith. Everybody say, I need faith. So it's the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth. So this goes right to the root problem, salvation. So that if thou, if, thou, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus shall believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For the heart man believeth unto the righteous, the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Jesus confronted Nicodemus in the Gospel of John chapter 3. He said, you must be born again or you cannot understand, comprehend, or perceive the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a method. The way God does things. People say, how does God do things? God does things by faith. That's why he looks for men and women with faith. Every time he sees somebody operating in faith, he sees a reflection of himself. Let me say that again. Every time he sees somebody operating in faith, he sees a reflection of himself. 
when he sees a reflection of himself in his children, that pleases him. Now, for with the mouth, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, let's go on past that. We, we, we looked at that last week. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed, for there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. Uh, the Lord is, oh, the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Now, Jesus became the great equalizer. Are you with me? You say, what do you mean? Jesus became the great equalizer in humanity in that before this time, there was a preferred group of people. They were of the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is the Jewish people. You say, are these people still preferred today? They are preferred as we are. Are you with me? They are still preferred as we are, and we are the rest of the world now. Now the world has become the favored of God and is allowed whosoever, whosoever, you'll see the scriptures, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Doesn't matter, Jew, Greek, Gentile, white, black, Hispanic, does not matter. No ethnic background, no geographical, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Amen. Now notice, notice what it says. There is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto them that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the Lord, name of the Lord, shall be saved. How then shall they call upon him in whom they've not believed? How shall they believe on him whom they've not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? By say a preacher. Now let me just say, let's just stop here for just a minute. This might help you. I forget what exact book it is, one of the ones, Paul, Thessalonians or Timothy, or, or I think well, it might be Timothy, where, where Paul says, I am a preacher and an apostle. Now, first of all, when I went into the ministry, I, I preached five years as a preacher. Just as a preacher. You say, now what do you mean as a preacher? Well, you say, I thought there was just an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. No, no, there is the preacher also. Now, he's not part of the five-fold ministry, but preempting an entrance, an entrance into an office of ministry, one should be a preacher. Let me say that again. Preempting an entrance into an office of ministry, one should preach. The word preach means to proclaim or to make proclamation of. One should be a preacher. I preached for five years. Stood in no office. I'd go to conference, especially the three and four years into the ministry that I was into. You say, what ministry? Ministry is a preacher. I'd go to conferences that have all the ministers stand up. I'd stand up with the ministers. You say, well, because I was in the ministry. I was in full-time ministry. That's how I was making my living. Somebody asked me sometime, one time, how do you know you're in the ministry? I said, because you can make a living at it. Amen. That kind of discounts the, the, the parking lot profit. Amen. No, I was making a living at it. We were paying our bills. Now, people would say, well, who are you? I'd say, well, I'm an apostle. Who are you? Well, I'm a prophet. Well, who are you? I'm a teacher. Who are you? I'm a pastor. They'd come to me. I'd say, I'm a preacher. And they say, well, what office do you stand? I'd say, I don't stand in any office. I'm a preacher. Because I saw in the Word of God that I was a preacher of the Word. If God hadn't told me that I was standing in some office, then I wasn't going to lay hold of it through my words and mess up my ministry. 
Well, after five years, everybody say five years, on a particular evening, a visitation from God. After a visitation from God, I didn't see a vision. You say, how do you know it was a visitation? It was supernatural. It was a supernatural event. After that event, as I begin to calm back down and come back to earth, so to speak, the Lord said, now you will stand in the office of a teacher. Well, I didn't go tell anybody that. I didn't proclaim it. I didn't say anything to anybody. Well, about a year and a half after that, I was preaching in a camp meeting and was introduced. And the, and the minister that introduced me says, now we all know Brother Rusty, what a good teacher he is. He stood in that office for a while now. Everybody knows. Everybody gave, gave me a big hand clap before I came up and taught. Well, everybody saw that. They can see that. See what I'm saying? So the proof of the pudding's in the eating. If somebody's a teacher, you'll, you'll figure it out. You'll be able to tell. If somebody's a pastor or a prophet or an apostle or any of those other things, you'll be able, they won't have to put it on their card or on the bumper sticker on their car. You'll be able to see it. Be careful of people that try to announce an office. Amen. Uh, now, so with that out of the way, how shall, how, how shall they preach except they be sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet, uh, feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and that bear uh, glad tidings of good things. There's stuff in there, but we'll get to that later. It says, but they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah said, who hath believed our report? That means not everybody will believe. Not everybody's going to get saved, but everybody can be. So because everybody can be, we're responsible to preach the gospel to everybody. Amen. Not everybody gets healed, but everybody can be. Not everybody prospers, but everybody can. Amen. So with all that said, then it comes to verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So then faith cometh by hearing. Now, it's, it's, it's amazing to me that the word listening is not there, but the word hearing is there. Because there are listening and hearing are two different things. Because you can listen to something and walk away from it and not be changed. But if you hear something, it will change you. A lot of people have listened to the preaching of the gospel and have left unchanged. But if those that have heard the teaching, the preaching, the proclaiming of the gospel, and when they've heard it, they've acted on it, because when you hear it, it causes faith to come. And they've acted upon that faith. And instead of having an experience, they've entered into a lifestyle. A lot of people that listen have experiences. And let me say that again. A lot of people that listen have experiences. You say, now what do you mean by that? A person that would come in and listen to the preaching of the gospel, respond to an altar call, come down, believe in their heart, confess with their mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead, or so it would seem, and would walk out of the building and there'd be no change in their lifestyle whatsoever. they never come back to the church again. You say, are those people saved? Absolutely not. There was a component missing. They listened, but they did not hear. So they did not act on faith. They acted on something else. You say, what did they act on? I don't know. It may have been curiosity. Maybe it was fear. I don't want to go to hell. But in order to get saved, you have to first hear. Because for by grace you are saved through faith. So faith begins with hearing the word. Let me say that again. Faith begins with hearing the word. You say, Pastor, how do you know whether you're listening or whether you're hearing the word? Now, with that in mind, 
think just for a moment, we've taught on this several times, of the incarnation of Jesus. Jesus was incarnate, that means clothed with flesh. He was conceived in the womb of Mary by faith. Are you with me? Now everybody, I mean, you go to every religion on the planet and they'll tell you, that was a sovereign act of God. No, it wasn't. No, that was cooperation between the God of heaven and a virgin girl named Mary who by faith heard something and responded to it. Now, here came this angel, Gabriel. It's all over in, in, in Luke chapter 1, if you want to go read it. Uh, beginning right there, uh, verse 26. The, Gabriel, the angel Gabriel came to Mary, little virgin girl. Some, some said she was anywhere between 14 and 17 years old, just a kid. So here comes this angel and makes this proclamation. Hail, thou that are highly favored of God, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. That is the word of God from an angel. Amen. Now angels don't preach the gospel today, but back then they would proclaim the word of God. Hail, thou that are highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art. Now she listened to that. She listened to that. You say, how do you know she listened? Because she said, or the Bible says, when she saw him, she cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Are you with me? So automatically we see she's not flowing in the spirit. She's not hearing. Faith's not coming. Mary Magdalene, excuse me, Mary, the mother of Jesus, is resisting the word with her mind. The carnal mind is at enmity with God. So she says in herself, she cast in her mind, what's this guy saying? What does he mean? Hail thou that are highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. The Bible says she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Now, then the, the, the angel goes on. More word. Uh, he shall be uh, the son of the highest. Uh, God shall give unto him the throne uh, uh, of, his father, uh, of, of, his, of his father David. Uh, thou shalt call his name Jesus. Amen. Of his kingdom there shall be no end. More word, more word, more word, more. Then she said this. How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Further what? Evidence of resistance and proof of listening. I mean, she's not standing there going, Oh, this glorious act of God. Oh, I'm so pretty. She's not doing that. She's fighting it tooth and nail just like you do. She's fighting it tooth and nail. She's listening. She's seeing an angel. She's listening. She's listening. She cast in her mind. She's troubled at his saying. She cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? She's considering the impossibility of everything God's saying. She's totally in the soulish realm. Then the angel says, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Now when, when listen, when the angel said those words, number one, he included the ability of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost, one of his facets of ministry is what? Helper. He helps you to quit listening and helps you to start hearing. 
Every time you come to Island Church, walking in the door, you ought to be saying, Holy Spirit of God, help me not to listen to what that guy's going to say today. Help me to hear what the Word of God says. Because every time you come to Island Church, you're doing one of two things. You're either listening to Pastor Rusty or you're hearing what God is saying. And if you try to live a victorious life based on what you're listening to, you will be sorely disappointed. But if you can ever allow the Holy Ghost to open your spirit up so that you hear what God is saying to you, you're going to find victory and faith in everything that you put your hand to will prosper. So here she is. She's still listening. But now here comes the Holy Ghost. He's our helper. He opens up our spirit. Amen. Then the angel makes a statement. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. There are certain statements in the Word of God which cross the line of being able to figure out. You say, what do you mean figure out? You cannot come up with a reasonable excuse not to believe that. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Well, I'm going to come up with something. Well, your something, as far as God is concerned, is nothing. Because everything you call something, God will call nothing. And when, she, when that angel said that to her, and the Holy Ghost was able to come up on her, then she began to not listen, but to hear. All of the other words she listened to did not affect her. But when that angel said, for with God, nothing shall be impossible, she heard that. And then she said... Be it unto thy handmaiden according to thy word. And Jesus was physically conceived in her, in her womb. You say, I don't know if I believe that. Ask her when you get to heaven. That's, that's exactly according to the word of God. She finally got to the place where she can't quit. Listen, we've been teaching on in the, in the uh, offering time, tithing. So you come and you listen to it. And a lot of times, the more you listen to teaching on tithing, the, tithing, the matter you get. You guys trying to get 10% of my money, telling me I can't give and it ain't going to work if I don't tithe. And you're doing what? You're casting in your mind what manner of salutation that should be. You're troubled at the same, which proves you're listening. Amen? I mean, you remember the math equation we did last week? Making the thousand dollars, bringing home the seven fifty, having uh, seven hundred fifty dollars worth of bills, but then you're supposed to tithe and only have six hundred fifty dollars, and it doesn't work out, and all that kind of. See, you're listening, 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 and you're trying to figure it out, figure it out. But then you take that scripture right there in, in, in verse uh, uh, what is it, verse thirty six or thirty seven of uh, of Luke chapter one? For with God nothing shall be impossible, and you can't talk yourself out. If that means uh, uh, tithing will work that means i can't and so all of a sudden you get into a place where you can hear because only hearing the word of god will cause you to do what act upon it that's how you know the difference between what you've listened to and what you've heard because only what you hear you will speak and act on amen I remember listening to about tithing, tithing. I'm into my parents were tithers and, and all that kind of stuff. And I, so I just tithed out of, out of religion. I was a religious tither for about a year till I figured out this isn't working for me. So I got into the Word of God and began to dig and dig and begin to listen to some teaching on it. And then all of a sudden one day I heard it. And when I heard it, I began to tithe by faith. Thank you, Father. The devourer is rebuked. The windows of heaven are opened over me. I'm proving you, Lord. You said you'd pour out a blessing on me that I can't live long enough to contain it. Yeah. 
Come on, church. Well, the same thing's true with healing, prosperity. You name the subject. Whatever you need, whatever you're going through, you've got to get to the point where you hear the word. Remember, Peter went out with Jesus, and he's fishing, reluctantly. And Jesus said, cast your net. Well, they're out there fishing in the middle of the day where they shouldn't be because they're night fishermen. In the arid region in which they live, the fish disperse into the deep. But Jesus said, cast your net. And Peter said, nevertheless, at thy word. Which means he heard that. He was not listening to that. He heard that. That word is the word rhema. The word Mary received, be it unto thy handmaiden according to thy word. That is the word rhema. All of those words that are rhema, 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 rhema are the words that people act upon. When they act upon it, the provision of God is released. The man that laid by the miracle pool all those years, Jesus said, rise, take up thy bed and walk. He had listened for 38 years and observed for 38 years miracles, signs, and wonders. But when Jesus walked up and said, woke up, walked up and said, rise, take up thy bed and walk, he heard it. Got up, took up his bed and walked. You said it can't be that simple. It is that simple. That's why God gave us all of those prayers in the, the epistles, in the letters to the church, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. That we might know what is the hope of His calling. Oh, what is the uh, exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the work of His, of his mighty power. What He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead. Far above all, principality, power, mind. What do you think those prayers are for? For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named, that would grant me to be strengthened in my spirit by, uh, by His power in my inner man, that Christ may dwell in my heart by faith, that I, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend here with all the saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height, to know, to experience the love of Christ with, which passeth knowledge, that I might be filled with all the fullness of God. That's all by faith that I might be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual understanding, that I might, I might walk worthy of the Lord, be fruitful in every good work, and increase, increase, increase in what? The knowledge of God. That's why it's so important to hear. I've watched people for years. It's amazing that they'll sit there and sit there and sit there. I gave the illustration a few weeks ago of going up to, uh, it was in Tennessee, I was preaching, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, don't minister to anybody. Teach faith on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, then at the Wednesday night service, lay hands on them, get them set free, get them delivered, get them healed. Man, we had a line of people all the way across the front of the church. And the majority of them, boom, as soon as you lay hands on them, the anointed would heal them would hit them, and they'd be healed, set free. And then I remember walked up to one little lady. She sat right there on the second row. Every service she was there, and I just, just came up out of my spirit. I said, what gives you the right to think you can be healed tonight? She started crying. Then she said this, I'm his child, aren't I? She listened all week and never heard a word. Amen? Now, just the other side of the story, though. Over in Idaho, I always tell the story of the lady in Idaho. We taught on redemption. Started on a Sunday morning. Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, 
Friday night. I'm ended my service teaching on the triumphal entry, uh, the, the offering of the blood on the mercy seat, uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12. I remember the scripture I was using, uh, not by his own blood, blood but, uh, not, not by the blood of bulls and goats, but by his own blood. He entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. And then this woman, she slaps her notebook shut, she throws her Bible on the ground, and she stands up and starts pointing at me and says, Sir? No, actually, she said, Young man? I have, you know, I've been going to this church all my life and I've never heard anything. I've never heard anything. I've never heard anything. I've never heard anything so glorious in all my life. If you think I'm going to sit here another moment, you're mistaken. And she goes, ah, and took off running around the church. <laughs> that woman pastors a church today. She was a business lady back then. She pastors a church today. She heard something. All you got to do is hear it. You know when you hear it. You say, how do you know when you hear it? You know when you hear it. You know when you hear it. Just like when you heard to get born again. You knew it. I need to be born again. I don't want to die and go to a sinner's hell. I know I can't be good enough. I know I need a redeemer. I know my sins need, need to be forgiven. I know my iniquity. And I know there ain't but one person that can do it. And his name is Jesus. And faith has come. That means I know he's already done it. I'm going to go down there and believe in my heart and confess with my, my mouth. Because I heard something. One day, if you're believing God for healing, you'll heal. Here, you'll hear, by his stripes, I was healed. One day, if you're believing God for prosperity, one day you'll hear, my God supplies all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ. Say, so how do you know when you hear it? You'll act on it. That's the proof of the pudding right there. When faith comes. Faith does not come by having heard. It comes by hearing. There's always people say, I've heard that. I wish you wouldn't preach. I've heard that story 50 times. I've heard that message 50 times. That's not proof that you've heard anything. That's only proof you've listened for a long time and not heard anything. But when you open up your spiritual ears, that's why you ought to just come to church saying, Holy Spirit, you're my helper. I need some things in my life. I need to hear, uh, your word needs to become rhema on the inside of me. Thank you for all the logos Pastor Rusty preaches, but if you don't touch it, okay, I'll do that. Do you remember the first miracle Jesus did? At a marriage feast, they ran out of wine. Uh, they came to Jesus and said, Jesus, would you... Uh, Oh, they didn't ask him. They said, Jesus, they've run out of wine. This could be an embarrassment to the couple. So he told Mary, his mother, he said, well, you know, what am I to do with thee? Uh, my time has not yet come. Basically saying to me, to, saying, to her, him, saying to her, you cannot manipulate who I am. But then he said this. He said, go take, uh, what was it, six water pots and fill them up. And he said, fill them where? Halfway? Fill them where? All the way to the top. And then bear Bear it and take it to the governor of the feast. So the Bible says, when they begin to go and take to the governor of the feast, the governor of the, speech, of the, of the feast uh, exclaimed or proclaimed, uh, people uh, during a feast like this serve their best wine first. Then when everybody's well drunk, they serve that which is inferior, basically paraphrasing. But you've saved the best wine for last. So Jesus did what? He touched the water and turned it into wine. He touched something that would not influence you and made it into something that you would become under the influence of. 
Now, let me say that. Because, you know, all the Pentecostals always preach, that was an alcoholic wine. Get out of the liquor store, amen? They weren't all sitting around drinking Welch's grape juice. Wine is a type of the Spirit. The Spirit will cause you to get under the influence. If you will fill up, what is the water pot? It's an earthen vessel. What are you? You're an earthen vessel. If you will fill yourself full of what? The water of the Word of God. And trust the Holy Ghost, He will touch it and cause what you have filled yourself up with to become something that you come under the influence of. That is a picture right there of faith, right there. That's a picture of how it works, of how it operates. You fill yourself up with the water. You fill yourself up. Every day you study. Every day you meditate. You come to church. You have an, un, you have an, un, an insatiable appetite for the Word. You eat the Word. You eat the Word. You speak it. You meditate on it. You're filling. And then the Holy Ghost says, I believe I'll touch that. And the water of the Word is turned into the wine by the Spirit. You go from listening to hearing. Faith takes hold. You act. God intervenes and releases His blessing. Simple illustration. We go all through the Bible and show you one after another, after another, after another. That's exactly how God does it. So make a decision. When I get in any situation where the Word is being proclaimed or preached or taught, help me, Holy Spirit, to hear, because if I can hear, I can be changed. Amen? Praise God. Lift your hands up and thank the Lord. Father, we bless your name this evening. Thank you for your word. You said, the entrance of your word bringeth light and life. In the book of Acts, it says, so mightily grow the word, grew the word, and prevailed. We thank you that forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. That means our healing is settled. Our salvation is settled. Our prosperity is settled. Our blessing is settled. All that you desire for us to do in heaven is settled in heaven. Help us to have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. Now, if you get into the Gospels and listen to Jesus teach... He always talks about who who has ears, let him hear. There are a lot of people listening to him, but not a lot of people were hearing. But you could tell the people that were hearing. Who were they? When she heard, she said, If I might touch but his clothes, I shall be healed. Bartimaeus, when he heard it was Jesus, began to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. When the lepers heard it was Jesus, passing them, I cried out, Jesus, master, have mercy on him. See, some people were hearing. And when you make that decision, I'm going to hear what God has to say. You're fixing to get it. Amen. Stand on your feet. Father, we bless your name tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you that the entrance of your word in us causes light to shine in every area. Lord, tonight we stand upon your word when it comes to our safety and protection as a people. Thanking you, your word says, There shall no evil befall us, neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling place. That you give your angels charge over us. That these different blessings that you've released through Psalms 91, we hear that in Jesus' name. And by faith, we act upon it. We don't hide our, our heads in the sand. Uh, we don't shrink back in fear. But we boldly go forth into our lives and lifestyles and into society and into the world, preaching, proclaiming, and living the Word of God, unafraid and unfearful of that which the enemy might try to do. Therefore, tonight Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. 
for service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.